Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, good night, whatever time it is. Welcome once more to the Love Pill. Here is your host, the Samaritan Woman. Um, I had thought I was going to take a break of about a month between the two seasons, and maybe I still will. Uh, this is episode one of season two. There may be a break between now and episode two, but I had to come in and start off season two. Um, due to certain things that have happened and um, that warranted me coming in and and talking a little bit Um, because you know sometimes things happen that you just you just can't stay silent you just cannot stay silent as a member of society as a member of your community you have to raise your voice you have to say something you know, there is the constant killing of the, the constant killing, not just killing, but killing and oppression of black people. Um, and that has been a long time. That has happened for a long time, uh, especially here in America. Uh, but it has happened everywhere. And it has happened, you know, as far as history goes, um, and you know everything has to has to come to an end at some point uh, and it's time that we start speaking up not like we haven't spoken up before but I think that you know we had kind of maybe gone a little quiet and um, I think that with you know who we have in the White House today um, it kind of feels like this person's given a pass for people to exhibit their racism. Because, um, I mean, people would tell me that, um, well, you know, racism's always been there. You know, he didn't bring racism. Um, and people would also tell me, well, he's not racist. Um, and, and things like that. And... But, but the truth of the matter is that, you know, somehow ever since he came into power, people feel that it is okay, that it is okay to show their racism. Um, they feel that it's, it's okay, you know, and um, unfortunately it is not. And... It is a shame, you know, it is truly a shame when the armed forces, be it the police, be it the military, when you turn against the people that you're supposed to be protecting. You take an oath to protect people, irrespective of their race. Irrespective of their race, your oath is to protect people's lives. And if you are part of the U.S. Armed Forces, then your oath is your oath is to protect every American. How dare you? How dare you take the life of an American in that kind of manner? As you all do, how dare you racially prof- profile an American like you all do? And think it is okay to do that. 
based off of the color of their skin. Is the oath you took was or was the oath you took just to serve a certain race? Was that what that was? Was it just for a certain race or was it for an entire nation? So my question out there tonight to the rulers of the world and they know who they are. You know, the people that rule these world, this this world, the, the real the real powers that be. My question to you guys is if y'all hate the black race so much, if y'all hate us so much that you cannot tolerate us in your space, then why don't you give us everything that you have robbed from us, that you have looted from us, and give us our space, give us our, our continent back, and stay by yourselves. Matter of fact, go back to where you all came from. And so that way, we can have our space, our minerals, our property, our money, our artifacts, our men and women of intelligence, of strength, of um, talent. We can have them. We can have all those things and all those people without your exploitation. And then we can thrive as a people without being subjected to your your loans with really bad terms that keep us indebted for years, for decades, for centuries. How about we do that? And that way we don't have to be in the same space. I believe in one love. I believe in universality. But I feel like sometimes in order for that love to thrive, we have to go separate. I feel like sometimes we have to go separate. Because um, we have come to a space where it feels like we're no longer tolerant of each other. We're no longer accepting of each other. We are no longer loving of each other. You know, the love has taken a backseat. And these days, what we experience is hate. These days, what we experience is is, uh, um, brutality. It's animosity. It's, It's just a lot of evil. And I wonder where we're headed. You know, dear people of the world, I wonder where we're headed. And so I want to come in here today and, and this is going to be more of a rant. I'm, I'm afraid it's going to be more of a rant today. Um, it's not really, these thoughts are, are more of musings. They're not really organized. I didn't write down anything. Um, but I just want to come and, and talk about a few things. Um, I've had a few of my friends outside of the United States, a few friends, a few family members, this question. And the question they've reached out to me with is, um, why is it that those of you that we know who live out there, why is it that we don't see you all um, as part of the protest? Why is it that you guys are not joining in on the you know on the the protest why aren't you downtown protesting why aren't you downtown mat marching why aren't you um yeah just joining the protests and so let me come on here and give one universal answer 
to all my family and friends who are wondering the same thing. Let me give you one answer about that. Um, and, and I may not speak for everyone. So this, this, is, this answer is coming from how I feel. So for me personally, yes, I am hurting. I am angry. If I said I was not angry, I'd be lying. The murder of George Floyd, as is the case of the murder of all other black men, all other black women, all other black children that have been murdered in this society that we live in today, hurts me. It hurts me to the core. However, for me, protesting has its place, it has its values. Making speeches has its place, it has its values. Um, Looting is a form of protesting. It has its place, it has its values. However, all those things have been historically done. And yet, racism continues. So, it makes me want to think outside of the box. It makes me want to say that what is it that we need to do that that we need to do differently that we haven't done yet maybe because the racism that we're facing today is a totally different um beast it's it, it is it is what is called institutionalized racism it's it's systemic it's institutionalized it is racism that has been built for for probably for centuries it is a whole institution it is it is not just um you know like the deep the, the, the roots are deep it's not something that just like oh it's a feeling it's just you know, a few people have this feeling. No, it is deeper than just uh, the feelings of a few people. This is some stuff that has been institutionalized. It's a whole system in place. It's a system that is being taught to people to profile us. Um, currently, as I'm speaking here, I currently have false, um, not dreadlocks on my hair, but I have twists. Uh, a false twist on my hair um, and you know I know for the most part my Caucasian counterparts cannot tell the difference between twists and braids and, and, and cornrows and 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 uh, micro braids and and you know they don't know they don't know the different hairstyles it doesn't even matter um, they think once you have any kind of braid on your hair then it means that you are a drug addict. Um, it means that you are a wayward. It means, you know, all sorts of things. And yes, I am a black woman, but I am drug free. I have never been into drugs. I was not raised in that culture. Um, neither have my siblings, neither have my parents. Um, you know, I come from a very upright family. I come from an educated background. Um, so no, I am not part of those statistics and actually very few people are part of those statistics, but I get profiled whenever my hair is in this condition, which is a protective style. 
It's a way for me to protect my my hair from the elements of nature because black hair is prone to breaking easily. So it's, it's easier to put it in certain styles so that your hair does not break. Um, however, you know, just because they feel, you know, these styles mean that you're a thug. These styles mean that you are a drug addict. You know, yesterday I was driving home, uh, coming back from having visited my newly born niece. And uh, I'm driving home at around 11.30 at night. And um, there were three sheriff's cars, three sheriff's SUVs surrounding me. Three of them. There was one behind me and two on either side of me. And they drove alongside me for about five miles. Just going with their lights off. Just going alongside me not going any faster just going you know and following me you know I mean I I, I don't think I'm that special to need that kind of escort service I'm sure there were other other places where they could have used that time and 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 been and probably been of better service you know why follow me like that because I'm a woman of color in in dreads you know, one time I was going to Waco and in Calvert, I got pulled over by a police officer in Calvert. And when I asked him why he had pulled me over, all he could say to me was that somebody had called in and told him that I was bobbing and weaving in and out of traffic. His exact words. And I was not. And, and I said to him, officer, I saw you when you turned in. You made you made a left turn into the into the road and you started following me all the way up the hill. I saw you. And all that time you followed me. Did you see me bob and weave in and out of traffic, sir? And he said, "No, ma'am, I did not see you bob and weave in and out of traffic." I said, "Then, sir, why did you pull me over?" I already knew it was because I had braids in my hair. I said, "Sir, but why did you pull me over?" And he couldn't tell me. And all he did was ask me for my driver's license so he could run it. He had no reason to run my license. He had no reason to pull me over. Because I was neither violating in all the years I have driven. I don't have any traffic tickets. I don't have any traffic violations. I have not had a single accident. Yes, I don't have any of those things. So why would he pull me over? Why would he do that? Only reason, because I had braids in my hair. He wouldn't say that. But at the end of the day, after he had sat back there for several minutes, several minutes, it was 10 minutes had passed, 20 minutes had passed, and I'm wondering what he's looking for with my driver's license because he's not gonna find anything. I'm not a criminal. I've never been to jail. I don't have any pending anything anywhere. Um, I have a, a very clean record. There's nothing he could hold me for. Um, he finally came back and I was like, officer, is everything okay? And he said, yes, um, except that your driver's, uh, your license plate is um, in the rear view mirror. I said, yes, sir, it is there because the screw 
has rusted where it was hanging and it's stuck in the hole and uh, I can't get it out. So that's why I have the license plate in the rear view mirror. And he said, well, the license plate has to be where it is um, visible and legible. And I said, well, it is visible and legible where it is, sir. That is what the law says, that it just has to be visible and legible. And it is so where it is because you're able to read it and it's clearly visible and legible. Uh, it does not say that it has to be in a specific place. It just says that it has to be in a place that is lit and visible and legible. And where it is, it, it is so. So unless the law has changed, you know, I don't see what the problem is. And uh, once he heard me say the law, he got really, really nice and he said, well, that is right, ma'am. Um, um, you know, uh, just make sure that you try to fix it. And he handed me my license and he wished me a good day and he wished me a safe trip. And I said, sir, I'm going to be coming back here tomorrow. Are you still going to pull me over? Because that license plate is still going to be where it is. And he said, no, ma'am, I will not pull you over. You know, and I wished him a good day and I carried on my way. Um, but it is sad that one has to kind of walk on eggshells in their own country. One has to walk on egg, on eggshells. One, you know, little boys, one, a, a mother has to be scared for their little, for her little boys. You know, a mother has to be scared when her, her sons go out. A wife has to be scared when her husband goes out, you know, wondering if he's going to come back home uh, or if he's going to be pulled over and racially profiled and may not make it home because someone asphyxiated him um, by putting their knee on his neck even when he was crying and saying he couldn't breathe um, and it basically suffocated him. Um, I think that it is time that we stop these criminals in the name of police. We have straight up murderers in the name of police in there and we keep lying we do autopsies autopsies that lie that show something other than what killed the people why do we lie in these autopsies why are we lying to the american people why do we lie to the law uh, to the world why are we lying when it's something that could possibly go to a court of law why is it that we lie about these things you know and why is it that we have a president that is comfortable with saying he's going to send the National Guard to go take care of these people that he calls by a derogatory term, but he doesn't call when it is, you know, a, a Caucasian person that murders thousands of people, that murders hundreds of people, that murders one person, whatever, whatever the case, he doesn't call that that Caucasian person a derogatory term. Why is it that when it is a black person, they are called a derogatory term by the President of the United States? Why is it so? You know, it, it, it is time that we, we, we realize that the President that we have elected is not just a racist, because yes, he is a racist, but it's time that we, we, we agree, we accept that we have brought into the United States dictatorship. We have instituted a totalitarian regime, and we 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 of what we voted in, and I I say the word voted very lightly because let us be real. People voting, yeah, go ahead and vote, 
but uh, some things in this country have already been, been decided upon. And that is why the Simpsons are able to predict certain things. Because certain things have long been, been decided upon, unfortunately. Unfortunately, that's the case. And it is true. And, I, and there's no such thing as coincidence. Please do not, do not even get me to start that can of worms. It does not exist. There are powers that be. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, uh, powers of da- darkness, spiritual rulers in high places, you know, and so on and so forth. Please do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. So now let me come, let me come, let me come to one thing. So I was talking about, you know, protests. Yes, it's a good thing we get to protest. It's a good thing. We get to, you know, speak our minds. You know, it's a, it's a good thing we make the speeches. It's a good thing we stand united. It's all good. But in addition to that, how do we take effect? How do we make an effective change for what is, what is happening? What, what has continued to happen to our people? How do we effect that change? The best way that change can be effected, the best way, is going to be by us doing a few things. Number one, standing in unity. Standing in unity, being one. That means that when you are a black person, you are a black person regardless of race or creed. You are a, 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 a sorry. You are, regardless of nationality or creed, that means that whether you are um, from the United States, whether you are from Congo, whether you are from Djibouti, whether you are from Cameroon, whether you are from Brazil, whether you're from Mexico, wherever it is that you're from, if you are dark complected, please. Realize this. You have one common ancestor. You have one common ancestor. Stand as one. Unite. Unite. Because unity is strength. Number one. Number two. I'm going to use a quote from Bob Marley. Bob Marley said, Emancipate yourselves from mental slavery. None but ourselves can free our minds. A lot of us are caught up in mental slavery. A lot of us. And and when I talk about being caught up in mental slavery, a lot of people don't understand what that means. A lot of people don't really get it. What is mental slavery? Mental slavery is you think that what is foreign, you you as an African, you think what is foreign is better. You think that um, you know you you being you know you you will not support your fellow fellow black person's business. 
you'd rather support a white person's business over your black your black brother's business not to say not to support the white person's business but not over your black brother's business um you know we should learn we're the only we're the only creep we're the only community we're the only race that you know shops outside of his race um let us be real because uh, the Jews are going to shop amongst the Jews. The Asians are going to shop amongst the Asians, be it Chinese, be it Indian. They shop amongst themselves. You know, we're the only ones that go to places that are not our own. Um, you know, you would find us um, in churches with people that are not like us. Um, you'd find us venerating statues that represent a God um, that does not look like us. Um, even though historically, if we're really going to go into history, that person probably looked more like us than what is being presented to us today. Um, if we were to, um, you know, so basically freeing ourselves mentally, freeing ourselves, you know, knowing our strength, knowing our intellect, sorry, intelligence, knowing that, you know, um, spiritually we're, 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 we're strong beings, spiritually we're strong beings, we, we've got intelligence, we've got that superior intelligence that is kind of innate and it's thanks to this melanin. Um, and, uh, you know, unfortunately some of us think that we got to bleach our skin to look better um, because we want to associate ourselves, we think lighter is better. Again, you know, that's the side effects of colonialism and slavery. We have, our minds have been enslaved. That's why we have to free ourselves from that mental slavery. There is a lot, there's a lot of work that still needs to be done. We have to really liberate ourselves, really free ourselves. So that's, that's number one. Number two, we have to free ourselves economically. And I believe that women are the pillar of, of society in certain, when it comes to certain things, you know, um, you know, our women, let us try to get educated education. Yes. You know, you get a lot of education in school, but you can self-educate. Let us learn to read books, know your history, know where you come from, know where you're going, you know, um, be not just. Uh, self-aware definitely be self-aware as a woman definitely but also be aware of you know the world current events um the past history you know um be aware of of technology um don't just coast by be aware of you know evolution uh, you know especially when it comes to um medical science be aware of certain things because as a black woman, you are vulnerable. Your seed is vulnerable. Um, so just be, 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 be very aware. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. Open your, open your mind to knowledge. Um, you know, the Bible talks about the renewing of, of your minds and, um, that's something I don't think that a lot of us um, get to understand really like what that is about but it, it's something that you know we need to work on 
you know, it's something that we need to work on because, you know, if these are these these are the end times. We're living in in the end times already. Whether you are in denial of it, whether you accept it, it is what it is. Whether you're you're scared of it, whether you're you know bold and brave and ready to face it, whatever the deal is, it is what it is. We're living in the end times already. You know, Romans twelve two says. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. In order for you to know what his good, pleasing, and perfect will is, you have to be able to renew your mind. If you're stuck under what somebody else is indoctrinating to you, you do not know what God's will is. That is somebody else's will being passed on to you. You have to be able to know for yourself so that you can test. You have to be able to know for yourself. God has to speak to you within you. That is why I talk all the time about people being able to worship in spirit and in truth. You know, do not conform conform to the pattern of this world. The pattern of this world. There are so many things that make up the pattern of this world. You know, people are stuck in religion and politics. That's part of the pattern of this world. Free yourself. Free your mind. Liberate yourself. Yes, worship God. But worship Him in spirit and in truth. Do not worship Him in religion. That is where you've got it all wrong. That is where you got it all all messed up. And that's a topic for another day because I know right now, right here, I've gotten some people confused. But that right there, that's one of the reasons why we're not making headway as a people. That's one of the reasons we're not making headway. That's one of the reasons we're stuck where we're stuck today. That's one of the reasons. So next reason, um, you know... Uh, let's talk about economically. Economically, I was coming to that when I was talking about we women especially. You know, we are the driving force in society. We are, you know, if if, if you educate a, a woman, it's it said, you know, you educate a village, you know, you, 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 you educate society. Um, women, we are hustlers. We are, you know, yes, they, you know, we tend to think that, you know, the man's a breadwinner, but let's be, let's be real. You know, it's like we, we the women are the managers. You know, the man could bring the bread all day, but he may not know what to do with it. A woman knows exactly what to do with it for the most part, you know, except, you know, every now and then there's a little, there's one foolish woman or two, (laughs) but for the most part, women are great at managing, managing resources, managing talent, managing gifts, managing skills. So let us put that together. Let us pull that together as a community. And let us get together and figure that out. Mothers, women in this society, let us come together. Put our great minds, our skills, our resources, our spirituality together. Because we carry great power Black woman, you carry great power within you. Pull that together. Let us cover our men. Let us protect these men. Let us protect our husbands, our boys. Let us protect them that way. Not just that, but let us pull together also 
to help them focus just as we focus to come up together with solutions concrete solutions such as you know banks that are our banks where we put our money and grow our money within our banks banking for ourselves by ourselves within ourselves growing our own economic power to african leaders let us stop depending so much on foreign currency let us develop our own currencies and grow those currencies so that they have not just buying power but strong buying power within the world let us set the price let us be the ones to set the prices of the the the, the resources that we are we have because these natural resources are ours you cannot have the price of gold being being dictated to you in the New York Stock Exchange when there is no gold in New York. New York does not have gold as a natural uh, uh, resource. How come they are the ones dictating to you what price you should sell your gold in Africa? Have you ever thought of that? Who was it that said that you know the the international international monetary fund had the power to tell you what the value of your currency is versus the value of the dollar and you for you to accept that and say yes it is true that is like you saying that that is your value that is how you see yourself you value yourself that less Why would you do that to yourself? What what is it with the black man and low self-esteem? That brings me to my next point. Individually, we have to raise our self-esteem. Raising our self-esteem. We come from kings and queens. We come from God's people. We are gods with little g's. Use your brains. You've got them. Rise up. Hold your head up. Walk like the king and the queen that you are. And speak up. Nobody likes a house slave. Do not be the house enter. I'm not going to use that word because I don't like it and I don't want to dignify it. But you know the N-word I'm talking about. Do not be that house word. You're better than that. You're a king. You're a queen. Royalty, even when captured, talks like royalty, walks like royalty, thinks like royalty, demands respect like royalty, and is given respect like royalty. Command dignity. Our girls, you're better than just twerking. Our boys, you're better than just sagging your pants. You're better than drugs. You're better than booze. It's about time we wise up. It's about time 
that is how we, we will get to, def- to de- uh, defeat the system, this institution of racism, my people. Now, speaking of end times, one more scripture before I go, because this thing's getting long. Matthew 10, 34 to 36 says, Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. That's a scripture that is not often preached. Most of Matthew 10 is preached because it talks about, you know, the disciples, it names them. It talks about, you know, them being sent, you know, in pairs. So, uh, you know, that's preached. That side of it is preached. But this side of it a lot of times is left out. Most of the rest of it is left out. The part that says you should be ready to die. That part, those parts are left out. These are the end times, people. These are the times where if your mission is this battle, know that when you speak truth, when you stand for justice, you should be ready to die. Because they will kill you. They will come for you. Be prepared to make that sacrifice. It will happen. But die with your head held up high. It is a worthy cause. The change may not come in this lifetime. It probably won't. Because all those changes I named that have to be made, they won't be made overnight. As I speak to you, there are lots of our people that still think that the way, the best way to do this is to sit down and stay quiet and not say anything. They still think that the best way to do this is to shut up and kiss up to Masa. They still have that slavery mentality. And I don't blame them. 400 years of enslavement can take a toll. Psychologically, a lot of us are still paying the price for that. Because trauma is one of those things that gets passed on to babies and passed on from baby to baby. And we have not taken the time to heal. We have not taken the time to do the rights that we need to do to heal ourselves. We have not taken the time to return back to innocence. Let me call it that way. Return back home. Go back to being one with our creators. With our creators spiritually. We haven't taken that time. A lot of us. So, unfortunately, some of us, as we start this fight, as we join the Lord, 
the sword that he brings. We won't make it alive. But it will be a worthy, worthy death. And there is no shame, dear people, in dying to the flesh. What matters is your soul, where your soul spends eternity. The things that are happening right now are things that are bound to happen. So you'd ask, well, if they're bound to happen, then why not just let them happen? Why do we have to fight? Why do we have to say something? The reason why, again, is for your soul. Because at the end of the day, you have to give account on what side do you want to stand on that day? On the side that watched your brothers and sisters get killed without standing for justice, without standing for truth, without standing for love, and yet you called yourself a follower of Christ? No, you are not a follower of Christ. Desist from using that term, Christian. You are not. And to all those pastors, you know yourselves. I will not call your names, but you have mega churches. You know how to come on Sunday and ask people to tithe. And in moments like these, you have shut up. You have not said a word. Shame on you. Shame on you all. Your congregants should leave you. They should desert you. Matter of fact, this is why I keep telling people, you, you the people, you and I are the church. Church comes from the word ecclesia. You are the ecclesia. I am the ecclesia. It's not that building they built. Probably with uh, some Illuminati money. That's not what it is. But my dear people, the noise you heard is family that's hitting me up already. Because my family knows I don't sleep. So they hit me up at all hours of the night and morning and whatever time. So I try to record at nighttime because I think it's quiet. But family always hits me up <laughs> no matter what time because they think I don't sleep. So um, I'm going to have to go. But I would like for us to think about these things that I've said. Let's think them through. Don't get my words misconstrued. I do not, I do not, I repeat, think that protesting is wrong. It is a good thing to protest. Let us do so wisely. Let us try to be safe. And um, mothers, black mothers, black women, let us get in the spirit and let us cover these protesters. And for the non-black people that are supporting us in this fight, we cover you too. We thank you. We love you. This 
talk is not a racist talk talk I'm not racist I don't hate any race however this is a time when I have to stand from my race and I have to you know help my race show them the way forward because unfortunately some races have realized way before we ever realized while we were still playing nice that they could oppress us that they could marginalize us and that they could loot from us and they have done that for too long our women have been raped still being raped today violated our continent has been raped and violated enough is enough <sighs> let me take a breather so this is the love pill as usual i will invite you please feel free to leave me a voicemail it could be a voicemail commentary about something you heard on here about something you'd like to add something you'd like to share something you'd like to discuss it could be totally unrelated just something you you're burdened with you just need someone to talk to um i'm giving a virtual hug to everyone we're hurting so badly right, right now as a people the whole world is hurting you know this is happening at a time when people are battling the coronavirus too so i'm just giving everyone a virtual hug just a big hug just holding you tight really tight holding you really tight right now just a nice tight squeeze I love you so much do not give up the fight whatever it is that you're going through you know you'll go through it you'll come through better on the other side I promise you sending you lots of love sending out lots of love to all my listeners. I really truly love you all. Remain blessed. Remain strong. Keep listening. This podcast is found on every pl- podcast platform out there, Spotify, uh Google Podcasts, iTunes, um you know, you name it. Thank you so much for listening. This is your host, the Samaritan woman. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you.